NBA Australia, how are you going? How are you going? It's NBA Australia, or duh, and it's Tuesday, <laughs> January 18, all day. Happy MLK Day, if you're back in the States. Uh, I'm your host, James Clements. I'm a writer sometimes. Whoever wants to pay me that sweet, sweet folding stuff. We're here in Larry Armour Studios, hanging out, giving you the lowdown on all the ins and outs of the NBA season. It's all going on, especially today. Uh, we're wrapping strayer a bit. That's what we do. We don't take things too seriously. We'll leave that for the nerds, but we are very serious about keeping you informed. Right! Huge vibes today. MLK Junior Day over in the States. It's a big day. It's a public holiday. All the MLK Day games. A wrap for you today in NBA Straight Game Wraps. That's 12 games. Yeesh! Pretty great, though, because there are some rippers. Uh, we've also got That's Not a Knife, Old Mate, No Mate, Spot of the Night, Better Than Lonzo Ball, Yeah, Nah, is the unpopular opinion today, and our back take house, where we're serving up a flame grill take. There's Australian Player Watch, there's a Shane Hill, Shoot a Shoot, Shoot Your Shot, Light Em Up Award. Uh, the cool thing was, we got a bunch of uh, trade chatter, well, I don't know, demanding chatter, and some players came back for once, which is nice, isn't it? Instead of them going out. And the latest on Ben Simmons, of course. Uh, we've got the game previews and picks for tomorrow, and we'll finish up with a very, 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 very quick <laughs> Jingles HR, because i got to get out of here. Right, let's get into it. Episode 738 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Matthew Delvedover, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack! Oh, you better, you better watch out for the Ernie Johnson attack if you're Kenny the Jet Smith. How was that? So he beats him to the board in the race, and you're like, "Oh, that's kind of funny." And then you have that one split second. You're like, "Wait a minute." We're really going to get let the old white guy beat the slightly younger black man in a foot race on MLK Day. Whose genius idea was this, you idiots? On top of that, they had Kevin fucking what up, mic'd up for the Atlanta game. That's right, Atlanta. Just, that is completely all about MLK. We're going to give it to the fucking... There's no one whiter than me in the NBA apart from Kevin Huerta. He's even, like, there's literally, the fact that he's whiter than me and even more ginger blows my fucking mind. The problem is, he's also got, like, negative 87 charisma. You know? What's the, uh, I don't know, it's like a role-playing game kind of vibe. It's like, it's like, hey, man, hey, do a thing. It's like, oh, my God. Who in the production team thought this was a good idea? <laughs> anyway, so Kenny, Jesus. Come on, mate. We could have let Shaq win it. Anyway, uh, let's start today's show the way we start every show here in NBA Australia. Uh, complaining about Whitey. <laughs> no, nah, the Daily Whipper. Uh, CJ McCollum, he's back. That was nice. CJ's back from his uh, collapsed lung, pneumonothorax, whatever it was. Jesus, what a crazy, crazy, crazy story. Uh, but also, his wife had a baby. That's very nice. Good on you, CJ. Congrats. And that's just lovely, isn't it? Bam! Adebayo was also back. You love to see that. Remember, he had thumb surgery about six weeks. Like, they talk about, like, bang on the uh, actual sort of, uh, you know, time frame of returning from an injury. Bam was, like, bang on six weeks ago. So, kind of love that. One of my favorites, the Extreme Zinger Meal. The Extreme Zinger Meal. He was also back. And so was Jason Kidd. Not exactly one of my favorite coaches. Loved him as a player. Shit bloke. Horrible coach. <laughs> But at least he was back. Tell you what, the coaching uh, for Dallas, I reckon it probably enjoyed the kick in the ass that uh, not having kid there for a week and a bit is actually uh, entailed. So, because they're, you know, absolutely lighting it up right now. But anyway, good to see Zinger back, Bam, CJ, etc. You love to see that. Uh, COVID news, though. Magic coach Jamal Mosley, he went to the protocols. So that was a bit of a sad one. So on MLK Day, going up against a... Uh, a similarly first-year black head coach in Chauncey Billups there in Orlando. Weirdly enough, they also both went to uh, the University of Colorado. So 
Yeah, they've got like a uh, long-standing relationship and, yeah, unfortunately, didn't get a coach against each other, so that sort of sucks. Other news! Jeremy, Jeremiah, Grant, apparently he's uh, been assigned to the old Motor City Cruise as he's uh, working out. Uh, so speaking of thumbs as well, right? So he had thumb surgery back on December 16. Uh, still no timetable on when he's actually going to be back, but uh, he's actually back there on, cur- on court working out with the G League team for Detroit. So that's kind of nice. Good on you, Jeremy, Jeremiah. But if you're Detroit, it's like, well, we need to get him back really quick so we can trade him. (laughs) The Pacers apparently want the world for all their players. And everybody in the NBA is like, if they're so good, Indy, why do you guys fucking suck? (laughs) They want a first rounder and a good young player for Karis LeVert. Likewise, two first rounders or a a first and a promising young player for Miles Turner. The rest of the NBA is going to be like, oh, yeah. What do you what do you reckon? Tell him he's dreaming. 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 Tell him he's dreaming. Uh there we go. Let's find the bloody drop, Jimmy. <laughs> he's dreaming. Tell him he's dreaming. Tell him he's dreaming. 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 Uh yeah, good job. That's what everyone's gonna be telling the paces. <laughs> yeah, we need two firsts for Miles Turner. Okay. Yeah, how about one and you fuck off? Uh Players of the Week are announced. Two very, very, very uh, deserving winners. Darius Rucker, Judy Garland out there in the East. He is absolutely smashing it. You might remember his uh, career-high 18 assists the other day. And Devin Booker for the Phoenix Suns. He has lit it up. He did get a uh, weekend winner, I believe, as well uh, for the 35 and 30 that he dropped over the weekend. And then today he just went out and dropped a 48. Not bloody bad. And, of course, the latest on Ben Simmons. Oh, God. Does anyone care at this point? Either fucking shut up and play, stop having a fucking sook, or just fucking go, nah, that's it, I'm out. Uh, so Ramona Shelburne says, I think the sense is if it takes the entire season to trade him, if it takes all year for the Sixers to find a trade that's acceptable, he's prepared for that. So basically it's like, oh, well, I'll sit the entire season if I don't get traded. I think at some point we have to work past this simple idea of, oh, yeah, yeah, nah, look, I'd be happy to play basketball for somebody, but it's not you. It's like, all right. I'm a bit concerned about how this is now a mental health issue and not just you're a bit of a dickhead issue. (laughs) Anyway, uh, and Mark Stein, he also pointed out, it must be noted that there's enough noise circulating league-wide about Harden's reported openness to relocation this summer after he turned down a lucrative extension from the Nets in October to give Daryl Morey the encouragement he needs to wait. So basically that's turning the uh, idea of, like, James Harden didn't sign his extension in Brooklyn, uh, basically saying to Daryl Morey, you can trade for me this summer, and uh, kind of ignore, uh, for, obviously for Ben Simmons or as, you know, essentially that'd be you have to be a sort of a part of a bigger deal, especially if the Sixers got Harden back. I think because they're in the luxury tax, uh, because of the hard cap rules, they'd have to jettison some more salary on top of that. But either way, of course, there's also the simple fact that Harden didn't sign that extension because he can sign for longer and for more money if he re-signs with the Nets this offseason. So make of that what you will. But it is kind of that weird thing where you're like, God damn. Kyrie, Simmons, and Durant would be a much better fit in Brooklyn, right? Uh, and Harden and Bede would be a better fit than Simmons and Embiid. <sighs> but sometimes we can't just have the things we want. Right, let's do some game raps. Game raps, 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 game raps. Game raps. All right, 12 games for MLK, D- MLK Day. There you go. Use your words, Jimmy. Can you tell I've had just like an absolute shit ton of coffee today? God. Got to do an NFL Australia tonight as well. Got to punch through. I'll be drinking beers with that one. Should have had some beers with this one. What am I doing? Either way, 4.30 a.m. start today it was. Boston uh, beat the pants off the New Orleans Pelicans, but they didn't because they were losing this one. It was crazy. The Pelicans, they had all the running in it early, and then the Celtics turned it around in the third quarter thanks to Tatum, Brown, and Dennis Schroeder. I am German Rondo. So the two Jays and uh, German Rondo, they were down 18 in the second, and they had they turned it around, had the lead by the end of the third. It was crazy. Spindles and Jonas... Uh, so Brandon Spindlesingham, my name is Jonas Valanciunas and Devonta Graham, uh, couldn't buy a shot in the fourth, and this was over. The Celtics ran away. Like, they ran away, but they're up 17 in the fourth quarter. It was absolutely bonkers. Schroeder lit it up, Tatum fired up, and they won by 12, obviously. So 
Uh, the Pelicans, their big problem was 9 of 30 from downtown, uh, 20 points off their turnovers as well. Spindles, 15, 10, and 6, but shot 6 of 19. Oof. Uh, my name is Jonas Valentinus, 22, 14, and 4. Not bad. Uh, 16 for Herb. Herb, uh, I love him. Herb Jones. And uh, who we got? Josh Hatt, 13 and 9. But the big problem is obviously 4 of 14 for Devontae Graham. Nicky Alexander-Walker goes 3 of 8. Just leaves too much pressure on Spindles. And if his shot's not going in, you got no chance. If you're the pals, Tatum, 27 and 8 for him. 23 and 8 for Jalen Brown. Then he should that with 23 as well. 9 assists as well. Look, when he's a starter, he's good. We know that. Still, the Celtics bench did nothing, right? Five points off four shots for Naismith. Langford barely played. Peyton Pritchard got 10 minutes and zero points. Two points for Josh Richardson. They won despite that bench. And uh, I don't know. It's one of those weird ones where does uh, Ime Udoka have any like sort of compunction to play these dudes where Brad Stevens was the coach when they a lot of these dudes were drafted by Danny Ainge? It's just weird. Maybe he just hates them. But anyway... Charlotte. Oh, so that leaves the Pelicans at 16 and 28. Boston, 23 and 22. Charlotte beat the Knicks in MSG, 97 87. Uh, no Lamello. He was out with a non COVID illness. Uh, Miles Bridges instead went, right, fuck it. I'll just be awesome then. Now they kicked the shit out of the Knicks in MSG. They're up 18 of the half. It didn't get any closer. I mean, it did get closer because it finally ended up winning by 10. But it was just an absolute laugher. They're up by like over 20. And it was just like, pack her up, boys. The Knicks are like, we got the fuck out of bed for this. Are you kidding me? Uh, RJ and Julius were the only ones doing much for the Knicks, but it wasn't close uh, to bother, really. <laughs> Randall had 18 and 10, shot 6 of 16. RJ had 18 and 12 with 6 assists. He had 6 turnovers, though. And that was that 18 points on 18 shots. Jesus. So if those two guys aren't being efficient and nobody else steps up, the Knicks are fucked. Very little else. Uh, 11 and 6. For, ain't no stopping. OB topping. Uh, IQ Emmanuel quickly had 12.7 assists. Evan Fournier, 2 of 9. Burks, 1 of 4. Just brutal for the Knicks. The Hornets, though, 14 of 39 from downtown. Miles Bridges goes off, 38, 12 and 5. Career high, he smashed it. That was unreal. 5 of 9 from downtown. 22 and 7 for Terry Rose. Terry Rozier. Gordy Hayward, 16 and 4. The bench kind of sucked. They went 3 and 19 combined. Over 6 from downtown between uh, Ish Smith and... Jaden McDaniels and PJ Hamilton, Washington. But, hey, look, when you're getting 38 from Miles Bridges, 22 from Rose and Gordy, you're okay. So New York, they dropped to 22 and 22. And the uh, Hornets, 24 and 20. We picked that one yesterday, and I'm pretty happy with it. I thought Lamelo was going to play. He didn't, and I was still right. <laughs> Washington kicked the shit out of Philly, 117-98. Uh, the squid was watching this one with me. He's like, is this one done? And I'm like, it's like eight minutes ago on the fourth quarter. I'm like, yeah, I think it might be. Because the Sixers screwed the pooch on this. They had it close for most of the game. Oh, not so much close, but it wasn't so much out of hand. And then it was. It's like a six-point game at the start of the fourth quarter after Tyrese Maxey hits a shot. And then they scored five points across the next ten minutes of the fourth quarter, the Sixers. Yeah, not great. So this is one of the things that I didn't really mention in the uh, in the preview yesterday. But it was abundantly clear actually watching this game. Uh, the size of Washington is going to bother teams like Philly who don't really have a giant amount of size on the perimeter, right? So you look at Philly's makeup of their team and you go, cool, Tyrese Maxey, bit small. Seth Curry, bit small. Obviously, you've got Embiid. But even like George Niang is like an undersized like forward. Dudes like that, uh, it just makes it really fucking... Like, and if Tobias Harris isn't firing up, and he, we're going to get to him in a second because he sucks, but even Corkmaz, like he's not exactly imposing... And his length and defensive nous is not really going <laughs> to put the fear of God into you. No Danny Green. You've got just Andre Drummond. But there's just no size on the perimeter, right, for Philly. And then you look at the Wizards. And you're like, holy shit. So BLKCP, Kuzma, Dan Gafford. He's just got, like, fucking arms for days. Even Spencer Dinwood. He's a pretty bloody big point guard. And it just keeps on going. Danny Avdijar, Kaori Kispert, Hachimura. And then you got the two backup centers in Moltres and Thomas, not Kobe Bryant. Like, there's just size. Like, they didn't even play Davis Batans, and it didn't matter. So Embiid goes for 32 and 8 because he's absolutely unstoppable, but they go 7 of 26 from downtown as a team. And that's where that defense of Washington comes in, right? Like, if you just don't have any of that airspace, makes it fucking hard to hit a triple. And that's what happens. Because Maxi had 18, but it was hard work. And it was kind of testament to uh, how good he is now. Like He just kept getting to the free throw line. But 
That's the problem with Seth Curry and Cork Maz. They're not getting free throws, and if they're not getting enough airspace, then they're not really hand- No Shake Milton, no Danny Green, obviously no Ben Simmons. It just makes life a little bit tough for Sixers because Tobias Harris fucking sucked today. 7-1-1 one, and one in 25 minutes. Thanks for coming, Tobias. Uh, as I mentioned, 18 for Maxi, but nothing else. Absolutely nothing. Corkmas, 0-5 from downtown. Six points. Oof. Anyway, meanwhile, the Wiz, 1,000 cuts offense. Everybody contributed. Kuzma had 15 and 16. He was awesome. And, obviously, just fucking wailed on Joel Embiid with a sick dunk in the second quarter. Brad Beal goes uh, 13 points. Six assists. He shot five of 12. Didn't matter because everyone else was doing stuff. KCP has 14. Montrez has 18. Thomas not Kobe Bryant has 15 and 5. Rui Hachimura had 11. So did Corey Kispert. And just up and down the roster, like, they just did work. And at home against a Philly team that's been absolutely crushing it, that's a good win. So good job, Washington. They're 23 and 21. Philly, 25 and 18. Brooklyn lost to Cleveland. Cleveland. In amazing fashion. 114-107. So no KD. The first game, sans KD. You've got Kyrie, though, because you're on the road. Because remember, he's an anti-vax fuckhead. Anti-science fuckhead as well, it turns out. 114-107. They lose. They're a mess. Kyrie does show you his uh, individual skills here and there. You're like, holy shit, he's good at basketball. Just a pity he's a flaming fuckhead. Jesus. Anyway, <laughs> Kyrie and Harden are sort of like trying to get everything organized on the court. Uh, no one really knowing what the fuck to do down the stretch. And the Cavs just came fucking out of nowhere and slapped him upside the head. And you saw it down the stretch, right? Without KD, the weirdest thing about this is Brooklyn might actually end up missing him more on defense than they do on offense. Because it's a fucking strange thing to say about the league's like, scoring leader. But we know that Harden and Kyrie can score. The Cavs went, hang on. No one can stop us on your team. Fuck you. Bang. So the run at the end where, like, Isaac Okoro is dunking everything. Jared go the throw. Allen's, like, dropping in beautiful little turnaround jumpers. Larry, that's a girl's name, marking him with the big dagger three. Mobley with the knife dunk at the end as well. And Brooklyn, they just didn't have the defensive horses down the stretch to slow him down. Like, and you look at it, Patty, LMA, Blake, just... They weren't getting quite enough on the defensive end, and that's how you lose a game. Harden has 22. He only shot 12 times. He went to the line 15 times, 10 and 15 from the free throw line. I reckon those five missed free throws would be... uh, They're a bit important, though, in a game that you lose by seven. 10 assists, four turnovers. Kyrie goes for 27 and nine. Good game. Like, he shot the shit out of his 12 or 23. Paddy goes for 11. He went three of eight from downtown. LMA is 13 and five. LaMarcus Aldridge. Blake only 5-3-3, three, three, though. Not enough from Bruce Brown. Kessler Edwards kind of not handy, but that's just it. On the road, a bit tougher for the uh, role players. The Cavs, meanwhile, shot 52%. Darius Rucker, Judy Garland, 22-6-12. He was awesome. Love it. Go the throw, Jared Allen. The Cavs should have. That's right, Cleveland. Cleveland! Hosting the All-Star game should have two All-Stars. Garland and Jared Allen. Sign me up. 14-10 with two blocks for him. 6-6 six six from, uh, from the field. Unbelievable. Mobley had 12 and 6. Also had a great block at the end of the first half on Kyrie. Markin in 14 and 6. As mentioned, big three at the end for him. Isaac Okoro looking good. 15 for him. And Kevin Love, 14, 5 and 5. They just had a great sequence where, like, uh, what was it? Like a giant pass from Love all the way out to Garland, I think, who went back to Okoro for just a hammer dunk. It was gnarly. Brooklyn now dropped to 27 and 16. The same amount of wins. As the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cleveland! Who were 27 and 18. They're 23 and 8 with Garland, Mobley, and Allen in the lineup. 23 and 8! It's incredible. Anyway, Memphis, they beat Chicago 119 106. This was a really good game. And then Memphis kicked it up a notch, and Desmond Bain went fucking ham in the second quarter. Scored 15 points, hit a bunch of threes. And looking at this one, so they've put Kobe White in the starting lineup, the Bulls, and it just felt they were like two players short. And, I don't know, they basically end up there trying to fight Ja Morant. Steven Adams is lifting dudes up. We'll talk about that later. Uh, but they get up, thanks to Morant and Bain again in the third. They stayed up and ran away with it. This wasn't even a 13... So, 119-106. It wasn't even 13-point game close. This was 28 points in the fourth. This was a blowout. The Bulls, yeah, brutal. Uh, DeRozan had 24, uh, but they came on 24 shots. Mm, that's all DeRozan. Vooch, horrible. Seven points. Two of 13 shooting. Kobe White, 16, 6, and 5. Four of 7 from downtown, though. I love me some Kobe. Kobe White. 
Ayo, Dosamu had 15 too, but 18 turnovers for the Bulls just killed him. The Grizz, they shot over 51.5%. Uh, Desmond Boone had 25 points for assists. He was awesome. As I said, he turned that game around in the second quarter and dropped 15 out of nowhere. He was unreal. Morant had 25. Jaron Jackson Jr., how are the blocks? 14 points, 5 rebounds, 5 more blocks. He's been awesome on defense this uh, last couple of months. I think I tweeted out that he's uh, basically finally sort of married his athleticism and his instincts, a.k.a. be awesome, block everything, with a bit of actual basketball IQ where it's like, oh, but also don't foul. So that's pretty good and pretty important. 15-7 and 7, two and 2-2 two for Brandon Clark. Big win for Memphis. Chicago dropped to 27-15. and 15. That's a lot of teams in the East. On 27 wins, I'm just saying, it's getting bloody close. It's getting bloody close. Because that's the Bulls, the Nets, and the Cavs, and the Bucks all in 27 wins. Anyway, uh, and Memphis, meanwhile, are 31 and 15, right up there in third in the West. Oh, you love to see it. Indy got belted by the Clippers, 139-133. Oh, but Jimmy, that's only six points, man. Uh, yeah, they never led at any point of this game. They let Nick Batum light him up, and uh, oh boy, that is, uh, that is, oh lord. That is ridiculous. Ah, ah, oh, oh lord! Oh lord! Trade everybody. They look a bit of a fight there at the end, but it was too little, too late. They're up, like it got up to a nineteen point deficit in the third quarter, and the Clippers just ran over the top of them. This is a Clippers team that should not be running over the top of fucking anybody. It's like you let Nick Batum light you up for thirty-two points. That's insane. Meanwhile, you've got the Suvlaki King, Demata Sabonis, going nineteen, eleven, and seven. Sweet baby Carrots Levert going twenty-six and nine. Legend. Jazzy Holiday getting 18. Chris Duarte, 24 points off the bench. Goga at 17 and 8. Sure, Lance, Lance, make him dance. Went one of seven, but whatever. They just, no D. It's crazy. The Clippers, 32 points for Batum. He shot 7 to 10 from three. Reggie Jackson at 26. Mook had 21 and 8. Amir Coffey had 16 points, 7 assists. Man and Bledsoe lit him up as well off the bench. This Pacers team, oh man, we need lots of first rounders in return for our good players. Yeah, just get it done. 15 and 29 now. You're done skis, pals. You're done skis. The Clippers, meanwhile, 22 and 23, and their two best players were actually at the football. Yeah, Paul George and Kawhi. <laughs> we're just out there hanging at the Rams game tonight as well. Millie Walker, it's our gong for the good land. It was not the good land today because they're in Atlanta and they lost 121-114. Hawks got the first win at home since November. Love to see that. Bucks, look, led for three and a half quarters of this one. Unfortunately, the first three and a half quarters and the last half of a quarter, they got fucking killed. <laughs> This was insane. This was such a weird game. Gallo was huge off the bench. Trey Young was unreal down the stretch, just getting the line over and over and over. It was a weird game, though. There were threes everywhere. It felt like every possession was just like dribble, 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 uh, set up for a corner three. Dribble, 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 set up for a corner three. Dribble, 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 uh, going into the lane, blocked. <laughs> blocked. Blocked. Set up for a corner three. Like That felt like about, I don't know, two quarters of this game. Because the Hawks were going little runs where they'd hit their threes. Milwaukee uh, would then nail some threes and get back up. They were still up 11 points in the fourth quarter and lost from there. It's incredible. The D slipped up for the Bucks though. Their offense just ground to a complete nut of hole. Like, Middleton was the only dude doing anything down the stretch. Trey Young got cooking again. As I mentioned, he went to the line, and he went to the line 10 times in the fourth quarter. Gallo hit some big shots and bang. Just Atlanta, out of nowhere, stole this game in the what, the last six minutes of the fourth quarter? It was incredible the way they did it. But Milwaukee, I'd be a little bit more worried about, like, hang on a second, can we just stop turning over the ball? Like, that's all we kind of need to do, and we might win some of these games, but unfortunately it's uh, not happening. No Drew Holiday, but they do have uh, Georgie Boy Hill back. But, I mean, still, he had five turnovers for Giannis, he had eight turnovers for Mitty. Nobody else had one. But, I mean, when your two main playmakers are doing that, yeesh. Middleton was awesome, though. The main reason they'll still right in at the end. He had 34-7-4. Uh, Giannis, 27-6-6. and Fighting Bobby Portis. Fighting around the world at 13-13. and Patty C. Patty Connaughton. He had 14-6. Dante DiVincenzo at the nine points on 3-7 from downtown. Shooting. Everyone but uh, Nuora hit three, but they couldn't hit anything when it mattered. Where's Matthews? Goes one of six. Oish. George Hill, 1-3 from downtown. It was just a bit brutal. They ended up 16-38 from downtown. Obviously not bad, but Jesus. 
So what's that? Paddy Connaughton and DiVincenzo go 7 of 12 downtown between them. Middleton goes 4 of 9, and uh, everybody else couldn't get multiples going. So a bit of a tough one. The Hawks go 15 of 36 from downtown. That's also pretty bloody good. Trey Young, 14 of 14 at the free throw line. Ends up with 30 points, 11 assists, 20 and 9 for DeAndre. Hannah! Love him. And uh, 16 and 12 for three blocks for John Collins. It's a tall cocktail. I'll tell you who was awesome, though. Inyeka Okongwu. 12 points, 8 rebounds, 3 blocks. Just, I don't know if I've seen another player basically more fucking ready to go, Giannis, I don't give a shit. I'm going to block your... You can be barreling down the lane, and I'm still going to get a hand on it. Like, there were blocks. There were tie-ups. It didn't matter. You just affected so many of Giannis' shots. It was incredible. Great job by Okongwu. Uh, Gallo ends up with 16 as well. Kevin fucking Huerta, 13 points and 5 of 15 shooting. Better mic him up. Anyway, that's a huge win for Atlanta. They're 18 and 25. Milwaukee, 27 and 19, dropped their second straight game. They've now lost 6 of 8. And uh, Atlanta, though, they need all the wins they can scramble at the moment just to stay in touch with the uh, playing tournament, which they're still currently not in because they're three and a half games back of the Knicks who aren't in either. So the East is an absolute horror show. I'll tell you that much. Orlando lost to Portland, 88-98. Tough one. CJ, he was back. Didn't miss a beat. The Blazers just got up big early and controlled this one from the start. Never looked back. There you go. Easy as you like. This was up, tw- like they're up 20 for basically felt like most of this game. The Magic shot 37% at 16 turnovers. Ice cold Anthony. He was ice cold Anthony today. Nine points on three of 13 shooting. Gross. Franz Wagner and the more Wagner. Hello, we are the, Mag- the Wagner brothers, yes. 14 points each. Good on them. Suggs at least had 10 and 6 off the bench, but yeesh, nothing else. Blazers, 16, oh, 16 points for CJ McCollum in 28 minutes. Not bloody bad. Nurk at 21 and 22. Nurk smish? Yes, hello. He's Nurk. He's a smish. Four steals and two blocks. What a game. Balls in your beard, Yes. Uh, Nasir Little had 13 and 10. Anthony Simons, 13 and 7 assists. Thrift Shop chucked in 14 off the bench. You love that. Orlando dropped to a horrifying 8 and 37. Gross. And Portland are 18 and 25. Toronto lost an absolute barn burner against Miami, 104.99. Tough one. No Kyle Lowry, which kind of sucked. Uh, but we did have Precious Achua getting dunked on by uh, Tyler Hero. This was a pretty fun-ass, dour-ass game to watch. As I said yesterday, like it reminds me of all the times I've seen them before, which is like 100% Eastern Conference first round vibes uh, before Toronto, you know, went on to win the title. But it was a knockdown, drag it out sort of fight. The D on both sides was tough as hell. Uh, and it came all the way down to the end. Like PJ Tucker hits a dagger right at the end to put it just out of the Raptors' grasp. And as well as they'd played, just oh, couldn't quite get out of the top there at the end. Van Vliet had 22 4 and 4. Scotty Barnes is awesome. 16, 8, and 6 for him. Pascal Sikkim-Siakam keeps up his uh, good run of late since returning. 18 points, 10 assists, 6 rebounds, and 5 steals. 15 boards for Precious Achua against his old team. Good stuff. Chris Bobby Boucher, 23 points, 10 rebounds. OG, 14 on 14 shots here. Anyway, Jimmy Butler comes back. Triple-double, boom. 19, 10, and 10. He was awesome. Bam came back, 14 and 9. There goes my hero. Tyler Hero, 23 off the bench. Ah. Uh, Anyone who says that Tyler Hero most improved, I still reckon, like, it's fucked. He's doing the exact same thing he's done for the last three years. Like, this is ridiculous. Anyway, Gabe Vincent, 3-6 from downtown for his 15 points. Good win for the uh, Miami Heat. They actually have the most amount of wins in the East at the moment with 28. Uh, but they're in second, probably the most surprising team. Still, like, just kicking ass, taking names. 21-20 and 20 for Toronto, meanwhile. They're at least in the uh, play-in fight now. OKC put the scary god into Dallas. 104-102. The Mavs hold on at home. Wild game. Dallas wrench control this one early. They're up 22 points, like 70-48 to 48 after a very tight start. And then, boom, the Thunder ripped off a 23-2 to two run to get right back in the game. It was right there at the end. SGA going absolutely ham. It was down to 220 seconds left. And then just OKC, just it's A, perfect tanking. B, a very young team. And uh, C, again, really good tanking. Gids got the inbounds in and then sort of ran into Moose Muscala as Moose was sort of turning around. They turned the ball over. And our man Josh Green, who's Josh Green, got out there for the slam. And boom, the Mavs thought they had it. It was the greeny dagger, but the Thunder get back in it. Uh, they get it back up the other end for a really quick slam themselves. And then it comes down to uh, Greeny getting fouled and missing both free throws. 
But unfortunately, right at the death, uh, our man Josh Goody couldn't quite get the inbounds pass all the way across the court uh, to Moose Muscala in time. Hardaway sort of got a bit of a deflection on it and sort of wrenched it away from Moose. But, I mean, that's it, right? The Thunder just play fucking hard. So even when you think you've got them and you're going to uh, blow them out, apart from when, you know, they're getting beaten by 73 points, they do fight and fight and fight. So that was really good today. 34-6-5 for SGA, Shirai, Reda, Gilgis, Alexander. Giddy had 10-6-5, Giddy up. 18-7 for Dort. Everybody else was a bit bad. Uh, the Mavs, Luca, another triple dub. Shot like shit, but he had 20-11-12. It came on 4 of 17 shooting and 0 of 6 from 3. Yeesh. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, though, 17 and 10. He was really good. Zinger, the extreme Zinger mill in his return. Supercharged Zinger Burger. He was pretty well charged. 13 and 8, shot 6 for 11. He had 4 blocks. Brunson had 14, 5 and 8. Hardaway, the lesser, had 12 points on 14 shots, though. Mavs hold on. Big win. They're 25 and 19. They're 5th in the West. They've won 9 of 10. They've got the 4th best defense so far in the uh, NBA. Feeling good. Meanwhile, OKC, 14 and 29. Mm, that's good chunking. The Suns held on against the Spurs, 121-107. Devin Booker goes ham. But this was a wildly entertaining game. And sort of showed exactly why the Suns are the best team in the NBA, right? It was back and forth all game. Devin Booker's the only thing keeping the Suns in it. He had 16 in the third. Nobody else could make a goddamn shot. And down the stretch, the Suns stepped up. The D kicked up a notch. The offense was immaculate between Booker hitting everything he touched, CP3 just dissecting motherfuckers, and then... Them making the Spurs just do bad, dumb stuff time and time again and end up running away with it, right? Like, it was really, really close. They just wrenched back the lead in the fourth quarter and then ran over the top. It was crazy and a really, really good textbook example of why the Suns are fucking awesome. Teenage Mutant Yaka Pertle at 23-14. and 14. He was unreal. DeJunte Murray, 18-8-4. Everybody else, not as great. Dougie McBuckets, uh, 15. Devin Vassell, 10 on 12 shots. Derek White, Calvin Johnson, both with 14, but not enough. The Suns, Devin Booker. Devin, Devin, Devin. Devin, 48 points. 18 of 33 from the floor for his 48. That was incredible. 5 of 13 from downtown. 5 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 steals, and 0 turnovers. What a bloody game. Uh, 15 and 12 for CP3. Crowder, Bridges, didn't do that much, but I'll tell you what. Bismack, sit down. Biombo! Had 17 points and 14 rebounds off the bench. 8 of 10 he shot. Bismack! No, uh, JaVal McGee was starting. No DeAndre uh, Ayton. And Biombo stepped up. Biombo! Campaign was awesome. 11 points for him. He was a plus 33. That's incredible. San Antonio dropped a 16 and 28. Phoenix are 34 and 9. Unreal. And then finally, Ute, the great escape. The Lakers hold off the Yaz 101.95. And when I say hold off, I mean they fought back out of nowhere to win this and then just sort of kept them at bay down in the last sort of two minutes. This was amazing. The Jazz, look, it was right there at the start. The Jazz offense was just falling apart in the first half. The Lakers got up, but the Jazz sort of fought back enough to keep it only at six points. At half at half time, it should have been way more. The Lakers had control of that first half, and the Jazz look—they're just good enough that they'll sort of keep you, uh, keep you sort of honest. And then boom, the inevitable Lakers meltdown came. The Jazz—it's offense suddenly clicked. Nine zip run by the Jazz, kicked the doors in. Lakers looking like shit. Decide to play no defense. Away we go. It took LeBron coming in at the end of the third quarter after Frankie Vogue's uh, calls a timeout with 48 seconds left, which is just wild. But that's how bad it was. They get a couple of buckets to finish the quarter, so it's actually a really good timeout. Gets the margin back down to six, and then in the fourth quarter, halfway through the quarter, the Lakers just get a stop. They score. They get another stop. They score, and an and one. They score again. LeBron's just absolutely filthy at times. He's drawing fouls, and then boom, Stanley Johnson goes off for four straight points. LeBron gets another one to go. Rusty's flying around everywhere. And then another bucket right at the hoop for Stanley Johnson, capping a 13-0 run. Absolutely insane scenes there at Crypto Arena. The Crypt. Stanley Johnson doing work. LeBron taking over there. D kicking up a notch and getting really, really, really focused. All while playing small against the one of the best teams in the NBA. This was 83-74 with nine and a half minutes to go. 
It was a 24-7 run down to the last 40 seconds of this game. Stanley Johnson had more points than Donovan fucking Mitchell. What an insane game it was. It was unreal. And we talked about the Lakers yesterday. Like, can you fix this Lakers team? It's like, yeah, if they play this fucking hard all the time and you add a good Anthony Davis to this, then sure. Also, it's handy when Utah just fall apart and forget how to shoot because none of their dudes could hit a goddamn shot. But LeBron locked in, kicked ass, took some names, loved it. Great game. Huge win for the Lakers. The Jazz shot 36%. 26 from three. They went 12 of 46 from three. I'm no math magician, but that's not good. Donnie Mitchell, six of 19. Yeesh. 0 of eight from downtown. If he had 13 points. Stanley at 15. 20 for Mike Conley, 19 points, 16 rebounds, three blocks for the bloke who's about a foot taller than everybody else out there. Because this is the thing. The Lakers turned this around while playing small. And it made zero sense because Rudy Gobert's this Stafford Tower is like getting every rebound getting blocks, he's a foot taller than fucking everybody there in the post, and he can't make him pay. Yeah. Royce O'Neal with 13, Jingles at 9, uh, but still, just not enough there for the Jazz, because I'll tell you what, talk about him in a second, but Bojan and Gerald and Jeremy Clarkson stank up the joint. LeBron James at 25-7-7, he was unreal. Uh, Rusty, look, 15 points on 5-14 of 14 shooting, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, but the and one that he had at the end was just electric. Uh Stanley Johnson. Stanley fucking Johnson. I already joked about this yesterday. Like the, the Lakers can't keep relying on like busted former Detroit lottery picks. But here we are. 15 points from Stanley Johnson. What a weapon. 7 of 9 shooting. The pass that he had to Avery Bradley for like a massive 3 after a sort of broken play from LeBron was awesome. Malik Monk had 14. THT. He looks really weird. 11 points. Austin Air Reeves had that crazy miss and a put back. He had 4 points, 5 rebounds. Avery Bradley knocked in a couple of threes. Big win for the Lakers. They're 22 and 22. Just a bit over halfway through the season. They're at 500. Is this the turning point? (laughs) If you're a Lakers fan, you've got to hope desperately so. Anyway, Utah dropped to 29 and 15. They're fourth in the uh, West. The Lakers at 22 and 22, crazily enough, are now in seventh. Right. With all that said, that's a lot of games. Let's do it. NBA Australia Pro Performance of the Night. (laughs) That's not a night. That's a Joel Embiid, despite the loss, 11 straight 30-point road games. That is amazing. 29 minutes today, 32-8. and He was unreal. But, look, you lose, whatever. Miles Bridges, absolutely incredible game. 38 points, 12 rebounds, 5 assists, shoots 14 of 20, 5 of 9 from 3. The thing is, I'm not entirely sure if I got this across in the uh, brief game wrap. He was fucking incredible. <laughs> he was like twisty layups, cutting through the Knicks defense, just yamming on motherfuckers, doing everything, and then dropping bombs from the outside. He played an absolutely fucking masterful game, was Miles Bridges. If you're going to go watch a game from today, this one isn't very nice. It's not very sexy. But Miles Bridges is fucking incredible. Uh, so he and... Devin fucking Booker. 18 of 33 from the floor for his 48. 48 for Devo. 5 of 13 from 3. 5 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 steals, and get this, 0 turnovers. What a game. As I mentioned, the Spurs, look, they're always tough. Always. They not, might not be good, but they are still tough. And Booker was 100% the only reason the Suns won that game today until CP3 at the end was like, oh, yeah, I guess I'll get to my spots as well and or uh, take over and win this game. But Booker kept them afloat in the third quarter when it really looked like the Spurs had threatened to kick the shit out of them. And he just sort of wrenched the game away from them and then ran away with it in the fourth. That was awesome. That was 100%. Oh, is that a knife, Spurs? Nah, this is a knife, says Devin Booker. Good job, Miles Bridges. Good job, Devin Booker. Honorable mention goes to Joe Allen Bead. Let's do a spud of the night. Spud, 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 uh, but these ones are the big money, big name ones. Tobias Harris. Oh, God. 
He was fucking horrible. I'll tell you that much. Tobias Harris goes, what, seven points, one rebound, one assist, one turnover, and fouled out while shooting. You got it. What did he shoot? Yeah, Tobias Harris goes 3 of 11 from the floor. Thanks for coming, Tobias. Jeez, man, it's our MLK day. It's a bit of a tough one. Oh, shit, like, we're going to have a bit of a rough game against the Wizards. You bit, oh, Tobias, can you step up, man? He's like, nah, man. Nah, I can only get seven points, eh? Absolutely brutal scenes. He should give, like, everybody who was at that game, like, 20 bucks because he was that bad. Bojan and Jordan Jeremy Clarkson, though, for the Yaz. Basically took the Tobias Harris thing and went, nah, fuck it. Let's see if we can better that. Bojan goes 1 of 9. Jordan Jeremy Clarkson goes 2 of 13. Rudy Gay goes 4 of 12 as well. But uh, for Bojan to go 0 of 4 from 3 and Jordan Jeremy Clarkson to go 0 of 6 from downtown, to have those two dudes go 0 of 10 combined from downtown and 3 of 22 from the floor. Yeah, that's how the Yaz will lose the Lakers right there. Bang. So thanks for coming, Bojan and Jordan Jeremy Clarkson. Brutal. Who was old mate no mates though? Old mate no mates. 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 Who's got no mates today? Aaron Wiggins. That's right, over there in the Thunder. They were down four minutes ago and he missed both free throws. That is a uh, rough one. But he's very young, so that's what we call a teachable moment. Uh, Rudy Gobert is probably old mate no mates though because A, Rusty yamming him into oblivion was pretty incredible. But all of the Gobert slander, when he plays a game like this where he's a foot taller than everybody else and they've gone small, the Gobert slander just hits like another fucking level. And you understand it, right? It's like, Rudy, you're a foot taller than everybody else out there on the court right now. I feel like we should be able to use this. He's like, well, how about you get me the ball? And it's like, ah, yeah, this is a bit harder than it looks, isn't it? And then he gets the ball and it's like, as unless I'm on the, the basket and dunking it, I am, uh, I will say, no use on my fence. It's like, yeah. Oh, God. Anyway, so uh, Old Mate No Mates is definitely Rudy Gobert on the internet right now. <laughs> Pantsing of the night. Very fat, 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 very, very fat, fat. I mean, Rusty sent Gobert into the Earth's crust and put his nuts, like, under his chin. So, that's a bit of a pension. Defensive player of my ass. <laughs> <laughs> says Rusty. Uh, Kuzma absolutely yammed in bead as well, as mentioned. Uh, that was a good one, though, because Kuzma's like, yeah, man, I don't get up too high, but that one was pretty good and it was pretty gnarly because gnarly, I think when I was a rookie, he gave me shit for trying to do that once and uh, I always told him I'd get him back. <laughs> good job, Kuzma. But, of course, pantsing of the night has to go to Tony Bradley, who is not a small man. Not a small man at all. Tony Bradley. And Stephen Adams Brew uh, just pulled the classic Kiwi bouncer move. Uh, he was trying to fight Ja Morant. Steve Adams goes, let go of him, Brew. Hey, hey, Brew, I'm going to need you to let go of my friend Ja. Okay, so you're not going to do that. I'll have to take minutes into my own hands, eh? And lifted him up and carried him away from Ja Mar- This is a grown man lifting up another grown man and carrying him away. If you are a full-grown man... I don't think there's anything more of a pantsing than another man picking you up like you're a fucking toddler and moving you over there. I mean, I pick up the squid all the time. It's probably when my shoulder's wrecked. But shit, even he's just like, Dad, what the fuck? And I'm like, yeah, stop being a fucking little, like, I don't I don't know what you're doing, but we need to move. You're doing something probably bad. I'm going to mo- pick you up and move you over there. And he's like, ugh. And he's three. Stephen Adams picked up Tony Bradley and moved him out of the road. When I was a bartender, I saw this actually happen with some Kiwi bouncers a couple of times. I loved it. To see it on a basketball court, you better believe that's a pantsin. Right, finally, Ben Lonzo Ball. Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you'll get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros, now I can be average. You're coming for everybody. I swear. Seriously, some of the times, like the bouncers at the bars that I worked in, just like would 100% like bear hug somebody and pick them up and move them away from, uh, like, you know, everybody else was always fucking hilarious because it's, there is nothing, nothing more of a pantsing, nothing more emasculating than being picked up by another man (laughs) against your will and there's nothing you can do about it. Better than Lonzo Ball, Chris Duarte, 24 7 6 against the Clippers. 
Uh, my man, Darius Rucker, Judy Garland, 22, 6, and 12. He was awesome. What a weapon. 9 of 16 from the floor. Uh, but I very much enjoyed Ayo Dosunmu against the Memphis Grizzlies in a loss. He did step up, though. He had 15, 10, 6, 5, and 2. He was bloody good, was Ayo. Because I do love me some Ayo. A, he's got a sick name. B, he's a pretty bloody good player. So 15 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, 5 steals, and 2 blocks today. Ayo Dosunmu filling in for Lonzo Ball is also better than Lonzo Ball. And uh, quick uh, first dickhead of the week. Dickhead of the week. I'm not bringing science into it. I'm staying rooted in what I believe in. Kyrie Irving already on Tuesday has won Dickhead of the Week. All right, let's do some Yenars right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey, guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And 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 you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, let's do some year nars. They're brought to you with the DailyLicker.com from East Ninth Brewing. If you're in Melbourne, it's pretty warm. You got tennis on the telly, you got basketball coming out the wazoo, but there's also a lot of that rona. So don't get the Omicron. Get the bottle to come to you with the DailyLicker.com. They'll drop it off at your house, rona free. Bob's your uncle. Booze, beers, wines, cocktails, whatever you need. Just be over 18. Be in the Melbourne metro area. And you'll get same-day delivery before noon. So check out the dailyliquor.com right now. Smash that code Strayer and get a free six-pack with that code. How good is that? Just your old mate Jimmy getting your beers. Right, let's do some yeah nahs. Should the Nets, over the next three weeks, look at this Kyrie and Harden tandem and figure out if they should trade one of them? Yeah, nah. I'll tell you what, we've always thought that the Kyrie for Simo trade is right there. It's a bit easy. It's kind of all right. And when you got Kyrie resolutely being anti-vax and now anti-science, I'd be like, on your fucking bike, dickhead. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not sure Mark's not yet. I'm uh, <laughs> also not that tall. Did I ever t- like, we used to sit like just behind him at like Nets games. I mean, obviously, he played for years and years and years, the big Kiwi. He's a uh, big dude, smart dude, very, very nice, very pleasant, as the way most Kiwis can be. Notice how I said can be. <laughs> you fucking mad dogs out there. Anyway, uh, but should they look at trading one of them? I mean, they can't. Not without KD for four to six weeks. And because, I mean, I think they can't really trade either of them because that's kind of the entire point of this team. They've been awesome when the three of them have played together. Unfortunately, it just never fucking happened. So, uh, yeah. As cool as the thought experiment is, it's not going to happen. Are the Thunder the best fun tanking team ever? Yeah, nah. Well, yeah, I think there's a question there that's they might be the most entertaining tanking team ever, so it's a bit different, but yeah. Uh, but in terms of like being the most successful tanking team of all time, I mean, it's hard to go past like the, what, 96, 97 Spurs, lose David Robinson, shut down Sean Elliott, and er- Chuck Person and everybody, and fire coach, Pop takes over, you snag the number one pick and get Tim Duncan, 20-plus years of dominance. Uh, the Rockets back in... Was it 84? They tanked for Hakeem. Not bloody bad. The Warriors, look, but most of it, like, it's tough. Tanking's always hard, and it doesn't usually result in stuff. Like, you've seen it with the Celtics a bunch of times, which is always funny. The Warriors tanking to keep their pick back in 2012 was pretty just gross. But uh, I think this is it. I think I tweeted out, right? The Thunder in the exact best position for tanking, where they almost inadvertently one of the best tanking teams of all time because they're entertaining... They're fans. They play wildly entertaining games. And, like, they're getting lots of good reps into their young dudes, like Gids, like SGA, like Dort. Like, even Baisley, who was horrible today. But, like, their lottery odds are staying safe because they also come up just a little bit short in these games. It's kind of perfect. So, yeah, they're probably the best, most entertaining tanking team that are sort of sneak tanking. Because, like, in terms of their actual record, like, they've been... They've won a sneaky amount, and then in the last, like, I don't know, month, they've gone and gone, wait, no, that's right. We're not meant to win too many of these. So they're 14 and 29. They're, like, the fourth worst record at the moment. That's perfect. You've played an awesome run of games. You win some sneaky ones. 
You kept betting the Lakers at the start of the season. You beat the Lakers a couple of times in a year, and everyone's fucking happy. <laughs> Charles Barkley, I'm thinking the Hawks are that pretty girl whose makeup came off and she ugly. That's what the Hawks are. Is Chuck right? Yeah, nah. Uh, I don't, that's a tough one. Nah. I think they're more like similar version, but they're Trey Young, right? You look at him and go, ah, oh, that guy looks pretty cool. Pretty gnarly. Oh, wait a second. Then you see his hair. And then you look at his face a bit closer and it looks like someone's hit Johnny Depp with a shovel. <laughs> and you're like, oh, God. Don't put him on GQ. <laughs> Ah, Lord. Uh, But they are weird, right? The Hawks. Like, that was a good win today. 18 and 25, though. They're currently in the 12th spot in the East. They've got a lot of room just to make up to get into the playing tournament. This is the team that made the Eastern Conference Finals last year. That is fucking crazy. But I think, yeah, the Cam Reddish trade, I think you'll see a couple more moments like that. They might be okay. Are the paces high for wanting all those draft picks? Yeah, nah. Yeah, they're high on their own players. I don't know if they have they legalized anything else in Indiana. Probably not. <laughs> Only been there once, and they're not going to legalize much. Uh, but yeah, asking for two first rounders for Miles Turner is just like, all right, bro. He's definitely no Mozgov. <laughs> but I mean, in terms of like teams that actually have multiple firsts that actually need a Miles Turner, there's not a giant amount out there, you know. So best of luck that. I mean, maybe you get a Nurk and a first back from Portland, but probably not. And you don't want to nurk anyway, so what are you doing? Yeah. Unpopular opinion of the day. Now look at me, please. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look, today's show is already really fucking long because we had 12 games, but why would we only have 24 teams playing? Like, why can't we get to 30? NBA, you've got one job. Oh, man, we want to make MLK Day look a massive day, everybody. So, yeah, it was massive. Why wasn't it massive? Er, You know? We can't get Detroit out there. <laughs> I mean, nobody really wants to see Detroit. Really? But, I mean, come on. We can't get Detroit out there. We can't get the Wolves out there. We can't get the Kings going. Yeesh. What about the Rockets? No? Okay. No Warriors on MLK? Yeah, right. No Nugs. <laughs> what are you doing, NBA? Again, this is my pitch for common uh, Vice President of Common Sense. Hey, Jimmy, we're thinking about making MLK Day really big. Oh, yeah, so you're going to have everybody play. No, we'll have 24 teams play. Why wouldn't you have all 30 fuckheads? All right, Jimmy, that's a good point. We'll have all 30 play. Yeah, thanks. I'll uh, I'll take my uh, money, my six-figure salary in uh, crypto, cash, checks, whatever you need, Adam Silver. I'm right here. All right, Outback Takehouse. It's Tuesday at our back, and you know what that means? Oh, yep. Yeah. It happens week in, week out. You'd think we learn, but we keep importing these birds, and it's one of the tastiest items on the menu. But it keeps killing so many bloody stuff that I have to check out on seek.com.au week in, week out to keep upping it. That's right, but that cassowary casserole is bloody delicious, and it's only at our back. And today's flame grilled take is the Nets should just trade Kyrie Irving, not for just being a completely selfish fuckwit but also because he's very clearly worth more to another team than he is to them. Only at Outback. I mean, spot the lie. Uh, this is one of those things. Like You talk about like uh, what is what does value entail? And if you look at the Nets, I mean, what's the value in Kyrie? He's playing half the games, not at home, unless you want to eat your $5,000 fines. Uh and for another team, they're going to look at it and go, well, if he's playing for us, he'd basically be a full-time player. Shit. The Nets, they're fucking chopping off their nose despite their face at this point, I reckon. All right, be back in a second with the Australian Player Watch right after this. This is Shane Hill, and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, let's do it. Australian player watch. Paddy Thrills and that loss to Cleveland I talked about earlier. 11 points, 4 of 10 from the floor. 3 of 8 from downtown. Uh, one rebound, one assist, one steal, and one block. Easily having his best defensive year and blocking more shots than he ever has. Paddy Thrills, the only man who could stop him was Greg Popovich. But either way, uh, yeah, I expect a bit more... Uh, it's just going to be a weird squeeze, right? With Harden, with Kyrie, 
having the ball in their hands. How Paddy sort of fits in around that is going to be fascinating to see in the next uh, month and a half. Jingling Joe Ingles in that loss to the Lakers. Nine points, three or six from the floor, all of which were from downtown. He had two rebounds, one steal and one turnover. Bit of a tricky one. It's nice to see him hit some shots, uh, but also, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't wasn't a banner day for the Jazz just in general. Uh, obviously, Aussie Matty T didn't play for the Sixers against Washington. He's out with his uh, shoulder injury, which obviously sucks. Uh, but that also sort of feeds into the idea of, like, talk about, like, size on the perimeter for the Sixers. When you do have Matty T out there, it does sort of help uh, cover up a lot of things because he is pretty big. Uh, he's lengthy, and he can sort of switch, obviously, really, really well. And if he's not there, god damn, look what happens to the Sixers. Josh Green in that win over OKC, over Gids, over his buddy Gids. 18 minutes, 4 points, 2 of 5 from the floor, 0 of 2 at the line. Those two misses were brutal, though. Uh, one assist and one steal. But uh, pretty quality minutes for Joshy. you love to see it. And then Giddy in that same game. Giddy up, 10 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, a steal and 4 turnovers. He shot 4 of 10 from the floor and 2 of 4 from downtown. That's bloody good for Gids. And, uh, yeah, look. Pretty rough couple of uh, in that last minute or so. But otherwise, like, he still just does good shit. And going two or four from downtown, I just want to see him to get to the free throw line a bit more. But, I mean, come on, he's 19. Rock him, sock him, block him, jock him, Landau. Also back to the bench in the uh, loss for the Spurs against the Phoenix. 18 minutes, five points, four rebounds, four assists. Filled it up in his 18 minutes. Because obviously Teenage Mutant Jakob Pertle's back. They've still got Eubanks. They've got Zachy Collins now. So hopefully Jock can keep his spot. Three turnovers, four, two or four from the floor, one or two from downtown. There's Australian Player Watch. All right, uh, here at the Shane Hill Shooter Shoot, shoot your shot, light him up award. He threw it down. Are you healed? Are you healed? Praise the Lord, I'm healed. Praise the Lord, for I'm healed. It is the Shane Hill Shooter Shoot. Shoot your shot, light him up award. Uh, it's still my favorite drop. Uh, look. Going to do two here. Devin Booker, the first player in NBA, uh, in sorry, in Suns franchise history, with multiple 45, 5, and 5 games. Uh, obviously did it when he had his 70-point game back in 2017. Uh, but today, the 48, 5, and 6, pretty gnarly, but just shooting 18 of 33 like he did. And 5 of 13 from downtown was absolutely beautiful. But today's uh, extra one, the Shane Hill Shooter Shoot Shooter Shot Light Him Up Award, so Fred Van Vliet knocked in another six threes today. Since January 1st, no one has hit more threes in the NBA than Fred Van Vliet. Before today, he was 50 in a, of 114, so 40, 44% basically. And absolutely lighting it up. Like, he should be an all-star. Like, the problem is, Toronto have sort of skated underneath the uh, radar all season because they get off to a slow start. They're now not playing in front of any fans. And they're kind of just, now that they're kind of healthy and actually in these games against Miami and winning games and Fred Van Vliet is shooting a million threes and hitting most of them, it's pretty gnarly. So I reckon he should be an all-star, but Jesus, that's a lot of threes. The fact that you go, oh, well, probably Steph Curry, wouldn't it, since January 1st? No, Fred Van Vliet and Buddy Hill. Right, uh, the Petty Mills Game Day Baller Game Day Twitter check-in slash, I don't know, social media check-in, as it were. Uh, we've got Rock'em, Sock'em, Block'em, Jock'em, Landau. Because uh, I'll tell you what, Jock Landau, just, I can't get enough of his puppy. <laughs> it's an extremely cute puppy, and he's just got like IG stories for days about him. It's unreal. There's also a great one from our friend of the show, Ryan Rowdy Brockoff, of uh, his little man and their dog who finally made it over to Australia from the States. You'd love to see that, and uh, I'm kind of here for it. But look, in terms of. Just inspiring Twitter check-ins, IG check-ins. Jock Landale and his puppy. I'm here for it. Right, let's do some game previews. Game previews. Game previews. Thanks, Inverting Bane. Not a problem, Jimmy. How's it going? Yeah, today, pretty good. You know, chocker's day. Lots of basketball for MLK. And, uh, yeah, from, you know, as soon as he got up, right into it. Uh, we went 7 of 12 on the picks, though, so that's all right. 373. Of 647 for the year, though. So that's a uh, pretty good hit rate, I'm just saying. Just saying. And uh, right, now let's do tomorrow's games. We've only got two games tomorrow, which is awesome. Uh, so we've got the Wolves at the Knicks. The Wolves are one-and-a-half-point favorites in New York. New York in a back-to-back. I have to go to the Wolves 
Uh, Ant, give me some Ant-Man and some Carl Anthony Towns against the Knicks on a back-to-back. You can't trust the Wolves. You can never trust the Wolves. I just think they might have enough in them against a Knicks team who got a bit belted by the Hornets today. I think the Wolves come in a bit fresh and, uh, yeah, maybe knock the Knicks around. I think the combo of Ant-Man, Cat, I don't know. It's just You can never trust them, but I think they'll have just enough firepower to get over the top of the Knicks. Uh, the Knicks have been good, but, yeah, just on a back-to-back. Give me the Wolves. And then finally, Detroit at Golden State. Golden State are 14.5-point favorites, which seems like a lot. And then you remember Detroit are horrible, but... 14 and a half points. Fuck it. I'm going to have to go Detroit. I'm going two road dreams here. Road dreams? Jesus. Have some more coffee, Jimmy. Uh, Detroit plus 14 and a half. Look, Golden State, they might rest Steph. Draymond's still out. Uh, Clay's out there doing his thing, but I think Detroit can maybe just hang enough and only lose by about 12. So I'll take the 14 and a half points. Thanks. And uh, with that in mind, because uh, I've got the squid all day tomorrow, we might we'll probably do a late show tomorrow night. We'll see how we go. Uh, just in case, we've got 13 games on Thursday. Uh, so I'll quickly throw out my picks. Philly hosting Orlando. Uh, Sixers in that one. Washington over Brooklyn. Atlanta hosting Minnesota. I think Minnesota, even with Ant-Man going back to his native Georgia, I think Atlanta can win back-to-back home games with Minnesota on a back-to-back as well. Charlotte go to Boston. I'll take the Hornets. A bit of a Haywood revenge game. Miami host Portland. Portland doing the... Uh, Florida trip, I'll take Miami in that. Cleveland, Cleveland, go to Chicago, I'll take the Cavs. Oh, yeah, Memphis at Milwaukee, I'll take Memphis. Toronto at Dallas, Toronto. Ooh, that's a tricky one. Yeah, I'll go Toronto. San Antonio hosting OKC, I reckon the Spurs can finally get a win there. Utah hosting you. No, sorry, Utah hosting Houston. There we go. I'll take the Yaz. Big bounce back win. Clippers go to Denver. Denver can finally win one of these, surely, against the Clippers. Not another meltdown. Give me the Nugs. Sacramento hosts Detroit. Detroit on a back-to-back. Having played in Golden State just the day before, take the Kings and the Lakers hosting Indy. I think the Lakers get another win there. Uh, <clears throat> so that's just in case we don't get to do a show tomorrow. Just a heads up. I'm going to try to do a late one, but you never know with this, you know, having the squid all day. Should be all right, though. Uh, so hopefully we'll see you tomorrow. And that's it for today, you little ripper. What an awesome MLK day. Hope everybody had a good one. I uh, really enjoyed Miles Bridges and uh, his words as well. After that one, saying uh, MLK, MLK sacrificed his life for people like me. And for me to come into the greatest gym in the NBA and put on a performance, it shows a lot. I'm happy to represent him. Love it. Great stuff. On your Miles Bridges. And all the tributes around the NBA were awesome. So, love to see that. All right. So, hopefully, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, in the meantime, make sure you're following us on Twitter, Face IGs. We're all over the socials. Check out NFL Australia with myself and Gaz. Got a big, big, big super wildcard round to talk about. In this week's NFL Australia, that'll be uh, up tonight. Uh, go check out Adam with World Wrestling Australia or on YouTube. Always a great time. FWCIE on Twitter as well. Check that out. NBAAustralia.com slash shop. Get your merch. Get your merch. Uh, buy a hoodie, would you? Or a t-shirt. Got a few of them still there. I want to clear out that bit of the uh, spare room. <laughs> Chuck us a rating review on your podcast app. Manscaped.com, use the code STRAYA, get 20% off from free shipping. TheDailyLicker.com, use the code STRAYA, get a free six-pack. If you're in Melbourne and if you're over 18, drink responsibly. And Noble, download the Noble app, bang in the code STRAYA, get 20% off getting smarter. All right, big thanks go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. Check out the new band House Hats. Also, Joshua De La Rentis, Fascinator, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex Should I, Green, 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 and Dozers for all the tunes you hear throughout the show. Big thanks to them. Smash them all on Bandcamp. Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify, whatever. Remember, NBA Australia supports Australian bands, so should you. And we're going to close out today's show with a really, really quick Jingles HR, and we will probably catch you tomorrow, you dickheads. Probably. Here's hoping. Either way, this is NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves, would you? And later, Hosen. No. G'day, Joe Ingalls here, head of Jingles HR, the world's leading HR solutions firm. Because yep, when I'm not sinking threes, blowing kisses, or enjoying my real estate in Paul George's head, I am the world's leading HR expert. 
here to help you with all your HR questions and problems. So, let's get to this week's question, shall we? It comes from a Benny in Philly. Oh, interesting. Dearest Joe, it's a new year and I'm not feeling motivated in my job and I'm thinking about maybe perhaps leaving. Any tips? Benny in Philly. Oh, geez, here we go. Oh, hi there, Benny. Yeah, you really tricked me there. Uh, Yeah, look, it is always a bit tricky this time of year, isn't it? You start a new year and then you go, geez, am I just staring down the barrel of another 12 months doing this? But look, my go-to answer as a HR manager is, how about a change of scenery? Maybe a new role where you already work or maybe a new role somewhere else. So, Benny, maybe just have a chat with management about how to make that happen. Wink, wink. I mean, as we say here at Jingles HR, a change is as good as a holiday. Unless you're a mopey sad sack who doesn't take responsibilities for his own actions and that's why everyone hates him. So, I don't know. There you go. Just try that on for size and we'll see how you go. All right, that's all I've got time for this week. This has been Jingles HR. I've been Joe Ingles. Get a jab up, you.